0: This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mayner giving you the Xs and Os of all things fantasy. <laughs>
2: Welcome into the show, MD Nation. You are listening and/or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Should me to you live on social media at MDFM Show. And of course, also available to you on YouTube. Subscribe whenever you get the chance to do so. Tonight is the MD's DFS free contest episode where Chris and I are going to talk about our DraftKing lineup cards. And then we'll have Chaz Flaherty on in the second half of the show to talk about our lock bets of the weekend. Chris, how's it going today?
3: Doing pretty good. I'm doing better than A.J. Green is this afternoon trying to answer questions about why he didn't turn around for a (laughs) football.
2: Why did not turn around for football? And frankly, why did you look gas from the first quarter on that entire game? He looked completely gas or was at least dealing with some sort of injury, some sort of uncomfortableness. But every time he had a run past like 10 yards, he looked like he was gasping for air like an old man. So, yeah, a couple questions I would have for A.J. Green if I was able to get inside that locker room. But that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. Tonight, of course, we've got the DraftKings lineup cards. Now, the free contest. If you want to join, which you should because it's a free contest and there's free prizes involved, all you got to do is hit the link right now. If you go to our social media streams or if you go to our YouTube, it's in the comments below. In fact, I can even throw it up here from the one from Facebook. All you got to do is go to that link. You can click on it. And you'll be able to join our free DraftKings MDs DFS contest. If you win, you will win one free week of the Easy Sports betting data for Mr. Chaz Florida, which gives you eight different ways to bet on every single NFL game. And while the CFL is going on, he's also throwing in the CFL cheat sheet as well if you want to bet on that too. But we're giving you multiple ways to win money. That is for free. Now, if you ever want to just get it without having to play in the contest or have to win the contest to get it, all you got to do is go to BillionFantasySports.com. Sign up. It's only sixteen fifty for the week, and you can get that data sheet, which I guarantee you is a great way to win a lot of money in a lot of different ways. It's an investment. It's not gambling when you have that data sheet in front of you. I can guarantee you that. So all you got to do is join that, and then if you win, you also get your name to be eligible for the monthly giveaway, which is a Championship Football to ChampionshipFootballs.com, which is also owned by Mr. Chaz Florida. He really helps us out on the show to be able to give back to the people. And that's a great gift. It really is. And that's something you'll be able to put up on your wall. You'll display very proudly and get, you know, as long as your favorite team has actually won a championship, you'll be able to get your own team on it, whether it be college or pro, he does both. So all, and this is the last week for October. This is the last week for October guys. So make sure you get the opportunity to join in because I won the first two weeks right now. We only have two contestants eligible for the month of October. So get in there, beat us. And you'll be able to have your name eligible too. last week was Huggy Bear, or no, I'm sorry, that was two weeks ago. Joe Matthew 19 is the one who won last week. I've already gotten in contact with him and sent over the Easy Sports betting data sheet. Hopefully he's able to win with that. But he'll be in our drawing next week. The first of the month is when we always do our drawings and announce our monthly winners. So I want you guys to know exactly what's going on there. Make sure you join when you get the opportunity to do so. We'll post out a couple more times over the weekend. Now, Chris, let's start to go into our DraftKings lineups. Let's start with yours.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to kick it off the quarterback position. I'm going to go with Mr. Tom Brady for uh, $7,400. One of the better plays for me this week. I think that I looked at the quarterback's position, and there was a little bit of a crapshoot between him and Jalen Hurts. Um, but I want with Brady because I think that he's on a revenge tour right now. He's finished four out of the last five weeks as a top five quarterback. And I think that against the Saints, while they had a decent showing against Seattle, this is no Geno Smith offense they're facing. Guy they had four touchdown passes in the first half last week. So, I think he's going to continue to do what well, good things. And by the way, Mr. Gorkowski is coming back as well. So, he's got a security blanket facing the scenes, got some revenge on their mind from last year, kind of debacles and headwinds the scenes. So, I'm going Tom Brady,
2: $74. Yeah, I like it there. Tom Brady's the top five quarterback for me. Of course, he has the ceiling. Even without Antonio Brown, there's so many weapons there. Like you said, Gronk coming back, he has a safety net, especially in the red zone. Uh, and it's could be a bit of a contrarian play because not only do you have to pay up for Brady, but you're not going to really love the matchup on paper against the Saints either. But nothing can really stop this Tampa Bay offense right now.
3: No, and it might be actually a game where Leonard Fournette isn't carrying this offense as much because the Saints have been quite good right. against the run. So I expect them to throw the Number ball and be able to Bay. move the ball. Exactly. Um, on the on running back position, I'm going with an officer-reliable playing against the Colts, Mr. Derrick Henry for $8,900. Uh, last time he faced the Colts, went over 30 DFS points. I saw nothing, again, to change. There's going to be no Julio Jones in this game, so it's going to be a lot of him and A.J. Brown, I think, in this offense. We love that has the floor now. They actually throw him the ball. So I know that the Colts have one of the better defenses there was to run, but don't forget, the, you know, they gave up 100 yards to Elijah Mitchell last week and a touchdown. I think Derek Henry continued continue to be one of the beasts that he has been this entire season.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's no defense out there that I am going to bet against Derrick Henry getting 100 yards and a touchdown, especially when the guy's carrying the ball like 30 times a game at a clip. Last week was like the first week. I think he didn't go over 100 yards. It was absolutely incredible. So yeah, this is actually going to be the first week, though, that I'm not going to have Derrick Henry in one of my tournament lineups. I usually do because I feel like you kind of have to in some of these tournaments. But this match against the Colts are some other options. I wanted to change it up a little bit. So the first I'm not going to, but Henry, generally speaking, is a cheat code for your tournament lineups.
3: Yeah, I feel like we're kind of flipping rules maybe this week because usually I'm the guy that kind of goes more the the value throughout the entire lineup. I'm kind of going more superstar this this round. Um, so, speak with that in mind. We went through Alvin Kamara for 8,700 last my running back position. We saw this guy just basically carry this offense last week versus Seattle. Um, I think they against Tampa Bay, to was able to score points. They got Mark Ingram back, so that's not really going to change his his usage, in my opinion. It's so actually just going to help him be more, be more involved in the passing game. He is basically going to be the receiver one out there, probably for this offense. You're going to, need to be able to score points versus Tampa Deep, you know, Tampa Bay team. gonna be able to up the scoreboard. And I love Alvin Kamara for $8,700. dollars. So it's a little more expensive, but I'm trying to rock the backfield that I think is going to be very productive this week.
2: Very few people are going to have Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara in their lineups too. On top of it, I'm going to be very curious to see what you wind up doing at wide receiver. But as, I actually, it's funny enough. I talked about this on the show that I did earlier today, when I talked about the Thursday night recap and the late slate, uh, matchup previews for week eight. And I talked about how you and I were, were mentioning this off air about how ridiculous it is that trading for Mark Ingram means that now Alvin Kamara can get unleashed and how st- stupid that saying is. But, what it does mean, of course, is that what we saw the last two games out of Alvin Kamara getting more involved in the passing game, that's guaranteed to continue now. And against Tampa Bay, that's what needs to happen because he's not going to find a lot of room on the ground to run against Tampa Bay. Nobody has, with the exception of Cleo Herbert for one week. But Alvin Kamara catching the ball through the air with the linebackers still a little bit banged up. Yeah, that's what you want out of him. I like to play there, especially talking about a full-point PPR league that DraftKings is, unlike, say, like FanDuel, which is only half point.
3: Exactly. And I also think that, you know, a lot of people love this Tampa Bay defense versus the run, but they can be exposed, especially when you attack the outside and you are be able to kind of, you know, utilize the outside running game. So I think some of the scenes will be able to do a little bit more in this game. So I love him not just owning the passing game. I think he's going to be decently effective on the running game. At the other, my receiver position, as you talked about, I did kind of look for some value here. I'm going first Michael Pittman. Uh, $5,300. I love the matchup versus this Tennessee defense. Who's basically rolling out a backup, backup, backup secondary. Um, I don't believe what we saw last week versus the Chiefs is for real. I'm not buying it. I like what I saw out of Carson Wentz. And I think even with White Hilton back probably this week, I think Michael Pittman is the number one receiver on this team. And if anything, it actually helps him having some kind of speed to kind of pull some attention away from him and allows him to continue to be you know, the number one receiver for Carson Wentz.
2: Beat it into the ground. The Tennessee Titans did not suddenly become a good defense. I was beating that in the show earlier today. I'm going to continue to beat that. The Chiefs completely self-imploded. I'm actually going to be going strong on this. I don't have Pittman in my lineup, but I am going to be going strong in this game in particular because I am doubling down. This game is going to wind up being a shootout between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans we'll we'll talk about that in a second, but I do like the Michael Pittman play. He's my top 20 of wide receivers, but this is a guy who's getting a lot of volume, a lot of routes run. And even with T.Y. Hilton coming back, he's still going to be in a prime position. To your point, the fact that he opens up everything else in the offense, I think goes a long way in helping Pittman dominate that short intermediate area. And he's still the main red zone threat. I mean, Mo Ali Cox has finally been getting involved in that territory, but he's still the main red zone threat. So I like him there too.
3: Yeah. I mean, even with that last week's week Chiefs debacle, Titans are 32nd versus receiver DFS right now. So I think that's still a strong play because, they're, like we talked about, this defense isn't for real. Um <clears throat> my other receiver position, I kind of want another contrarian play in some senses. One of these defenses that are overrated versus the pass, I believe. And I went with T. Higgins, $5,200 versus the Jets. I think the Cincinnati is going to be able to run the ball in this game, but also they're going to throw the ball. This isn't going to be a team they're going to run the ball 60 times in the game. T. Higgins had 15 targets last week. He's about 34 targets since coming off the IR. I think he's due for a touchdown. I think he's due for a big game. And I love the matchup versus the Jets secondary.
2: I tried like hell to get T. Higgins into my lineup. There were just some players that I liked a little bit more that cost a lot more, and I wasn't quite able to fit him in, but I was trying to get him in this lineup. To your point, everybody's going to be on Jamar Chase. So why not take the guy who's been very good, very heavily involved volume-wise, and also has the same matchup for a way cheaper in T Higgins to your point, they've been targeting him like crazy since he's gotten back from the injury. It's only a matter of time before he puts up a 100 yard, one touchdown performance. Why couldn't that be against the jets? He has big play potential news alert in his own right. I know Jamar chase has been stealing the spotlight here. T. Higgins, very good, very good spot and a very good price right now. I would definitely, if you can, depending upon what your lineup is, I would definitely try to get T Higgins in there.
3: Absolutely. And he was there, you know, before he got his injury, He was the most targeted guy in the red zone for this Bengals offense. So don't forget, Joe Burrow does look for this guy as he gets closer to the red zone. So this other receiver position I had to save some money as, obviously with the running backs I kind of went with. And I'm going with Jamal Agnew uh, for Jacksonville versus Seattle's defense. $3,700. Jamal Agnew is a player that I think that is kind of on the come up. Um, I'm, I'm surprised how much playing time he's getting, but he basically has stolen the Chenault role. He will be that slot receiver for Jacksonville. He's had about 13 targets in the past two games. They continue to look at him and more involved in the ball. You know, his guy has big t- play big play, play, play potential as well. As a kick return, we saw him, you know, have 100-yard returns. He can be fast. He's quick. I think Seattle defense is going to kind of struggle with him, particularly in the slot where they're most weakness.
2: I'm laughing because I, I, I talked about this earlier today. If you are in a deep league and you're looking for some kind of sleeper play, pick up Jamal Agnew because he is the slot receiver of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, at the cost of what could have been – a nice floor to ceiling ratio for Lavisca Chenault with the absence of DJ Chark, but because they decide to move him to the outside and no longer give him the slot position, because Jamal Agnew has to play the slot position if he's going to be that third receiver, which it looks like he is, then yeah, Agnew becomes very interesting in a nice little matchup here against Seattle with them coming off the bye. He has the speed. He's not the guy I want to. He's the perfect DFS play because he's not the guy that I want to trust in a redraft league. But you understand the position he's in. He has a bit of a ceiling heading into this matchup. So I like it that there a lot, especially as a cheap play.
3: Yeah, and the one thing people might not realize is their offensive coordinator, Bevel had him in Detroit, and it's actually yeah, instrumental is in trying to get him. him. And we've looked and tried to make him involved and has been big on you know using this guy. I think that's why he's getting such an opportunity out there right now. At the, other tight, end, at the tight end position, I'm looking for value once again, and I'm going to Ricky Seals-Jones for another week in a row. Um, you know, the, the Washington football team's deep offense continues to be banged up, particularly to receivers. Uh, it's Terry McLaurin and nothing else really other than Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, he's averaging about eight and a half tar- eight targets per game over the last three games. I love the opportunity for this guy, and I think he continues to be one of the more you know, utilized red zone targets. Denver's defense has been Swiss cheese for most of the le- last couple weeks. They've really been struggling versus the pass. I think Ricky Seals-Jones can attack them and actually have a chance for not only get some volume, but possibly a touchdown as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, he's still started $3,700. It's hard not to go to Ricky Seals-Jones. On paper, it doesn't look like a great matchup, but kind of keep in mind that a lot of that's still based on the first three weeks when the Denver defense was dominating. To your point, that hasn't happened the past couple of weeks. This isn't that same defense that we saw earlier on in the season. And because Ricky Seals-Jones continues to have to be that second pass catcher to Terry McLaurin, by the way, Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown out of this game. So they're going to have to lean on him again. You have to like the volume. Even if he's not as set to go off crazy, you like the volume, you like the price for the guy that he is. If he gets you six catches for fifty yards again and a possible score, well, guess what? You hit the jackpot at that price tag.
3: Exactly, and he's got opportunity to do that. I mean, he's been the most targeted red zone receiver for this team over the past three weeks since he became a starter. At the flex position, I went with Michael Carter, forty nine hundred dollars. I don't love the matchup versus the uh, Cincinnati, but what I do love is this new quarterback White. Um, he's a check down machine. We saw last week that he was just basically when he came into the game, it was Carter and Johnson getting, you know, targets over and over and over again on the backfield. There's no Corey Davis this week. No Tevin Coleman to steal kind of, you know, touches or, or time from Michael Carter. And the Jets will be probably behind, which they love to have garbage time, you know, opportunities. Michael Carter is the king of that. He gets his, usually his, his cheap touchdown towards the end of the game, and he usually is heavily involved in the passing game as well. So he had nine targets last week, had eight catches for 67 yards. I'm looking for that to continue versus Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I think you have to get Mike White dumping the ball down the way he did last week in order to have any chance for that one to hit. I'm not big on the Michael Carter play, not for DFS purposes anyway. Draft, I mean, redraft-wise, he's an RB3 for me. He has a nice little floor, I believe, because of his usage and his involvement. is trending up in the right direction. But unless he's getting 10 targets in this game, and maybe that's a possibility with Mike White. We'll have to see. I don't really like him for his big upside because there's just no upside right now with the Jets' In general, But you do have Corey Davis is probably going to miss this game. I will say that. So they're going to have to lean on guys like James Crowder a little bit more and probably the running backs to help out in the receiving game. But I don't know how much the Jets are going to have the ball, honestly, in this game. I, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I can't argue that strongly, but I also can point out that through it, every four passes from weight last week was to the running back position. Um, wow. So that is something that he is. He's, he's not Zach Wilson out there where he's not, you know, looking down the field really much. He's looking to get rid of that ball as quick as possible. And it has been to the running backs predominantly.
2: I think it's interesting. Do you think it's interesting that they're sticking with Mike White and then they don't just go with a Josh Johnson who at least has started in certain spots?
3: I mean, it's obvious. They're not big on Josh Johnson when they traded for Joe Flacco. I think they really were resisting trying to use him as all because Flacco re- you know, wasn't able to come right away because of the personal issues. I think that kind of stunted what they're looking to do. But I don't think they're big Josh Johnson fans. I think that's kind of why they made that trade.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's a valid point. I just thought it was interesting. Like, Josh Johnson does have starting NFL quarterback experience under his belt. Mike White's really a nobody. So it's kind of interesting to me that they're going to stick with Mike White as a starting quarterback. It'll be fun on, on Sunday for the Jets, I can imagine.
0: It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Mickey Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Mickey Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals
2: of
3: the
0: season at MinkyCouture.com.
3: <laughs> I can't argue that at all. Um, and then finally, a defense, because I spent my money, I'm, I'm looking for a contrarian play and a little bit of a cheap value. I liked how they kind of produced last week. I'm going with the Washington football team's defense, twenty one hundred dollars. They were able to get pressure last week versus Green Bay. Defensive line starting to come alive a little bit versus Denver, who's had you know multiple turnovers in, in over the last three games. You got a chance to kind of get to the bridge water, maybe get a fumble, maybe get some interceptions. So I'm with the Washington football defense, twenty one hundred dollars.
2: Yeah, you're paying all the way down. If they can fantasy wise, they've actually been an okay defense because they're getting a couple turnovers, a couple sacks here and there they letting everybody score under the sun and do whatever they want yardage-wise. But fantasy-wise, they've been an okay defense. And we always like to say pay down as much as you possibly can for the most upset at defense if, when, whenever that is possible. So I didn't go to Washington myself, but I wanted the defense not too far off from that. But we'll talk about all that and more right after we hit the break here. I want to get a word from our sponsor. We'll come back with my DraftKings lineup card. And then, of course, we'll have Mr. Chaz Florty on the second half of the show to talk about our lock bets of the weekend. So stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. More to come right after this is the nba lock of the season what is a lock a lock is simply put a bet you can't lose and with my bookie you can't lose with the nba lock of the season when you bet on either team to score between the dallas mavericks or the denver nuggets this friday you win an nba game has never gone scoreless so you know this is a sure bet place your bet they score you win it's that easy get paid friday Wake Up Saturday and Throw Down on USC 267. This weekend, MyBookie is also giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship fight between Jan Vlachowicz and Glover Teixeira. So don't wait. Head to MyBookie.ag now and use my promo code MBFANTASY and get in on the NBA lock of the season. That's promo code MD Fantasy. It's a lot. Get your season started with a win and thank me later. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
0: You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back
2: into the program MD Nation. You are listening and/or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming show to you live on social media at BellyUp MDFF show and of course. Always live on YouTube. Subscribe to the MD's Facebook show channel when you get the opportunity to do so. Check us out after the show on your favorite pod streaming app. This show is going to be live on the Unhinged Radio Network from 12 to 1 p.m. Getting you right up to kickoff on Sunday on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. So make sure you check us out then, too. We're going through our DraftKings lineup cards for the MD's DFS free contest. Can't stress this enough. Free contest. All we want is your participation, and perhaps, I don't know, maybe joining the show and becoming a listener and a follower and subscriber and all that stuff, especially we give away the free goodies for you. So all you got to do is hit the link. The link is in the comments below right now on social media and on YouTube. We'll post it out a few more times throughout the weekend. If you win, you win one free week of easy sports betting data, which gives you eight different ways to bet on every single game. And you'll have a chance to win the monthly giveaway of the championship footballs from championship footballs. Com. We'll have Chaz Floridi on to talk about that and more in a few minutes. After we go through my DraftKings lineup card, I got, I went with a contrarian, low-paying uh, stack this week. Going for it all, Chris. I told you I was doubling down on the Tennessee Titans and the, and the Indianapolis Colts being a shootout game. T.Y. Hilton has a history of lighting up the AFC South. I'm going with T.Y. Hilton at $4,900 with Carson Wentz at $5,700 this week in this matchup.
3: Yeah, I can't argue strongly against it. I mean, Carson Wentz is a a guy that I'm definitely playing in some other DFS lineups. I love the value. I love what I've seen over the last few weeks out of him. Um, This Colts offense is coming together. They look to push the ball down the field when they have T.Y. and Wentz together. So I think you got a chance for the big play. You also have a chance for a solid floor.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm shooting for two big plays. That's what I want. I want two big plays at the T.Y. Hilton in this matchup here. This, the Of course, the Tennessee secondary, as you stated, is on, you know, sticks and stones and bones, and, that, and that's it. That's all they got left pretty much right now playing defense back there. So you like that aspect of it. Carson Wentz is playing a lot better. The offensive line is playing a lot better. And outside of Bud Dupree, T- Tennessee doesn't have a pass rush. So that's what you like about that as well. And play action it's now been more of a factor because now they're turning the ball over more to Jonathan Taylor and letting him do Jonathan Taylor things. So I like this a lot, especially with how cheap it is with Carson. Once again, $5,700, T.Y. Hilton at $4,900. One of the better cheap stacks. I believe you can put in on your lineups. And I wanted to pay up in a lot of positions this week. Like you said, we are kind of switching roles a little bit for this particular week. Cause I wanted to get more value throughout the lineup. I went with Joe Mixon, I think it's $6,900 against the jets. Joe Mixon is an absolute steal at that price tag in this matchup. And believe it or not, Chris, I think he might be a little bit of a contrarian play. Why? Because everybody seems to be losing their lid over Samaja Pareen getting 11 carries last week. And I don't understand why, because if you actually watch that game or did any research into the utilization reports, you would realize that Samaja Pareen got all of his work in the fourth quarter when they were up three scores in the game. It doesn't, it didn't suddenly become a committee. Now, I've said this once, I'll see, I'll keep saying it again. The only thing Samaja Perrine does negatively affect uh, impact Joe Mixon on is the passing game. For some reason, he's taken on this GMI Bernard role. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me, but that is something there. However, against the Jets, I don't care. Give Joe Mixon the ball. I expect a big game out of him, especially
3: $6,900. Yeah, I mean, I love the value. I struggled with him. I do have some, you know, a little bit of concern about the, them being up three scores in the first quarter. So that where Marine could start stealing touches pretty early um, and not being involved in the passing game. Is why I kind of didn't decide to get in my lineup, but I do agree that I think versus the Jets for $6,900 is a great value. He could easily have, you know, a big game. We saw the New England Patriots running backs just go bonkers last week. We knew that Harris is necessarily involved in the passing game. and still was able to score with 20 DFS points. So there's no reason Joe Mixon can't do something similar.
2: And Joe Mixon's due for a big game too. And I think that's part of the factor here as well. And then I went with Khalil Herbert at $5,400. The guy continues to shine. He looks so good out there. He's shifty. He has great balance. He gets to the hole very well. And he's an automatic play for 100 yards. I do expect Damian Williams to be more involved in this game. But Khalil Herbert is the guy that they're leaning on. And the one thing the Bears are doing is sticking to the running game no matter what. And because the 49ers have been so inept offensively, I don't think they're going to have in running the risk of getting blown out in this matchup, which will allow them to stick with the run. He's ran, ran for hundred yards on Tampa Bay. If you can run hundred yards on Tampa Bay, you can run hundred yards on a touchdown on anybody.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that you talk about a team committed to the run. It's obvious the bears are going to run the ball, no matter what the score is. Uh, so I think that gives them a nice floor. My only concern with him is that I do have, you, know, you talked about Damian Williams. People seem to just think that situations, you know, completely flipped and this is Herbert's backfield all the time. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you agree with that. Uh, Williams came off the COVID list, had no practice, and that's why he wasn't really involved in last week's game. It's not all of a sudden they just hate him or are not going to utilize him at all. But I agree with you. Khalil Herbert's value for $54 is a great value. 49ers' defense hasn't been that good against the run this entire season. You know We talked about you know what Donovan Taylor was able to do versus them last week. They, have, they definitely struggle, and this game should be pretty close. So I think it's a great play.
2: Yeah, and, and keep in mind, no Javon Kinlaw, and I, I think they still don't have Given, So the whole interior of that defensive line is going to be missing, uh, in Kinlaw's case, for the rest of the season. So this is where I started paying up big. Joe Mixon was expensive, but this is where I really started paying up big. And I went with Cooper Cup here. $9,000, number one receiver against the Houston Texans. It <laughs> Look, you could talk to me all the time about, you know, sometimes you get a little squeamish in some of these, you know, Big time lopsided matchups because, like, oh, what happens if the team goes up three scores? They stop throwing the football. That's not the case with the Rams. That's not what they do. Even if they're up three scores, they still throw the damn ball to Cooper Cup and come hell or high water, and the guy gets two touchdowns a game. Like it, you know, is the easiest thing in the planet to do. I'm going with Cooper Cup here on Houston Texans at nine thousand dollars. I'm paying up for this price.
3: Yeah, I love the play. I tried like hell to get him in my lineup. I really debated just taking out one of the running backs, but even then, because he's more expensive than the running backs, I couldn't really figure out to squeeze him into my lineup. Um, but I'd love to play Cooper Cup is going to be somebody who's been number one receiver week in, week out. The guy's is destroying it, DFS, averaging almost thirty points, just averaging. I'm scoring averaging around thirty, almost thirty points in DFS. And as you, to your point. It doesn't matter what the score is or who they're playing. We saw last week where Detroit, where everybody was kind of like, well, they'll beat Detroit really handily. Yeah, and Cooper Cup still was heavily involved, so that's not going to change.
2: Yeah, nine catches, 130 yards, and two touchdowns later, we're still talking about Cooper Cup. I also paid up at another receiver spot. A.J. Brown. Stayed at $6,900, which I was a little bit surprised. No Julio Jones in this game. Again, I'm doubling down on the Colts-Tennessee game, being a shootout matchup. The Colts have been giving up points to... Everybody, especially at wide receiver position anyway, that has not changed. And A.J. Brown looks like he's physically turned the corner on this injury. He looks much more explosive than he did earlier on in the year. So I'm banking on that aspect of it. In case you're watching the injury reports, AJ Brown only practices on Thursdays, guys. He he has like a little limited thing on Wednesday. He practices in full on Thursday. He doesn't practice on Friday. So him not practicing much on Friday is not a deterrent at all. He's not actually hurt. It's just not what he does. He's going to be great in this game, I believe, against the Colts. That's why I loved him and needed him in my lineup at sixty nine hundred dollars.
3: Yeah, I love AJ Brown this week. No Julio Jones, as I talked about earlier. You have opportunity for this guy who's been getting more and more on a hot streak. Is definitely heavily involved in their passing game. We saw Debo Samuel have a great game versus this team. He's going to be very similar, used very similarly, I think, for the Titans. I like the opportunity. You talked about the Colts defense really struggling versus the pass this entire season. And I think you have A.J. Brown who can line up on the outside or the inside. They're going to be able to get him the ball. I think he's going to have opportunity to have a great game again.
2: We already talked about T.Y. Hilton. I paid all the way down at tight end. Well, I shouldn't say all the way down, but – as far down as I was willing to go. And I went with Juwan Johnson at $3,500 against Tampa Bay. Someone's got to score touchdowns besides Alvin Kamara. Juwan Johnson's been that guy for the Saints, for Jameis Winston in the red zone. He might not do much between the 20s, but the guy might come away with two touchdowns in a game in which it's a nice matchup here heading up against Tampa Bay, especially paying all the way down 3500
3: Yeah, I thought you were actually going to go all the way down. I think you're going to go Dan Arnold for 2800 there. Um, but you want I to talk about that bit...
2: actually? I did, but I I couldn't quite I couldn't quite get myself to pull the trigger on that one.
3: Yeah, I couldn't do it because I had Agnew. You know, I can't like, hey, I can't play two jags. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think it's a horrible matchup. Like we talked about earlier, Saints are going to have to score points in this game. That he's one of the red zone targets they like to go to. I have heard that they're trying to talk. You know, I don't. It hasn't really happened this season, but they have talked a lot recently about trying to get Adam Travel more involved in the passing game. They've been
2: talking about that since week one. and It hasn't <laughs> happened. It really
3: has been. Um, but I think Jawan Johnson does have opportunity to have a decent game. Tampa Bay definitely struck, struggles against good tight ends, and he has a chance to be the top red zone guy probably for his offense with Callaway, you know, and that's you know, basically it's Callaway and Johnson once they get close to the, inside the 20s.
2: Well, plus, they're running these formations out there. You saw it on Monday Night Football where – they have like three tight ends out there. Jawan Johnson's really much, pretty much just acting like a glorified wide receiver, essentially. Well, he was a receiver in college.
3: I mean, he's yeah. converted this year. So, yeah.
2: And, and that's kind of why I like the matchup here against Tampa Bay. I think they're going to have to lean on him for, for that purpose. So, again, just going for a contrarian, low down play and a guy who has scored quite a few touchdowns already this season. And then the flex going with Kenneth Gainwell at $5,000. Look, how many carries he gets with Boston Scott is irrelevant. His value comes in the passing game, and with Miles Sanders off the field, he'll be on the field quite a bit more. So he gets to run more routes, get more targets, with a great match against Detroit and a great price tag at five grand.
3: Yeah, I kind of struggled with Kenneth Gainwell because at first, in the beginning of the season, or earlier in the week, I did definitely consider playing him. Um, the Jordan Howard activation kind of gives me some concerns where I think you're going to see that everybody kind of butcher each other. Never a big fan of having three running backs being utilized in the backfield and going with one of the guys. I agree with you, Cainwell has been involved in the passing game. Didn't kind of hit or miss this entire season, though, so I'm a little bit concerned that he won't get enough of touches. Uh, I think the you know, Eagles should be able to move the ball pretty consistently, with other weapons as well, so I'm kind of interested to see how it unfolds. But $5,000 is a bad chance to take.
2: I think they're definitely going to lean on him in the passing game even more so. I'm not worried about Jordan Howard. And then I stuck with that same game, and I went with my cheap defense of the week, which is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles defense at $2,700. Detroit's great for two things, sacks and turnovers, and I expect that to continue with the Eagles in this game, which you can pay below that $3,000 price tag for.
3: We talked about this off the air. This defense is really con- is confusing to me because I want to agree with you. But I also, the way that they've played this entire season, it's a custom-made play against Detroit who loves to throw seven-yard passes versus a team who gives up the seven-yard pass with no, with absolutely nothing, you know, no concerns about it at all. So if the Eagles don't kind of adapt their defense a little bit and get more aggressive, there could be some issues because I think that, you know, the Detroit can move the ball versus them. We thought Derek Carby almost complete, almost 90% of his passes, over 90% of his passes, I should say. Um, I think golf, you know, can be more accurate within four or five yards of the line of scrimmage. So it's going to be interesting to see Will the Eagles actually try to take away something Detroit does well? And if they do, I think I agree with you in the talent wise, they should be able to dominate this team.
2: Well, there you have it. Those are our DraftKings lineup cards heading into the MDs DFS contest. Again, hit the link below in the comments wherever you're watching this stream live. But also, we'll be posting it out throughout the weekend. So make sure you tune in and get a hold of those prizes. What I want to do now is get a word in from another one of our sponsors. And then after that, we're going to demand the, the myth, the legend, Mr. Chaz, will come on in for our lock bets of week eight. So everybody stay tuned the MDs Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this.
3: Your client's going
2: away for 10 years.
3: Unless... Unless...
2: It's football season, baby, and you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all the other hair trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. As the world is starting to open, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com today.
0: You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.
2: Welcome back to the program, Empty Nation. You are listening and/or watching the MD's fantasy football show, streaming to you live on social media at Billy Up MDFF show. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel when you get the opportunity to do so. Check us out after the show in your favorite pod streaming app, and we'll be live from 12 to 1 on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingesn.airtime.pro. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Joining you, Chris Dauhauer. We just went over our DraftKings lineup cards for the free MDs DFS contest. And that's all with gifts provided by this man, Mr. Chaz, Flority. Chaz, how are you doing today?
1: You two sure do
2: work hard. (laughs) Try to man. Trying to get out all the content we can to the people. Simpler Communications.
1: Doing well. Doing well.
2: Good. Awesome. I love to hear it. What are some of the things you were looking at this week, man?
1: Right now, I'm looking at uh, Calgary and the Canadian Football League. As you know, we're blessed to have a Canadian Football League guy. And the CFL is a weird way to to play football. There's no doubt about it. It feels a little different shaped, And normally, it's during the summer, so it's really cool because it's summer football. But they're given 10 and a half. They're up by 10. They did not cover the first half. And on our show, we mentioned that Ottawa is the team you bet against. You know, in, in sports betting, guys, sometimes it isn't who you like. It's who you don't like. You just bet against the team every weekend. It tends to work out. Hello, I'm the New York Jets. Bet against me. <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? The Jets haven't scored a touchdown in the first quarter since, like, the middle of last year. Just keep betting against them. But they're giving 10.5 this Calgary Stampedeers. It's three minutes left. They're up by 10. I got them in the second half. They got the ball. They're driving. So, you know what? Well, we're going to see what happens here. Uh, they may be in field goal range. And if they are and we get a field goal, then we're covering with less than three minutes to go. And you know, all you want to be is covering, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've talked about this. You know, we just talked about this all, uh, earlier. When you win the easy sports betting data, it's not just the NFL you're giving. You're also giving data for the CFL games to try to win some money on, too.
1: And the CFL data for us is, is it's a unique world because they, they've got seven teams. So every every week there's a buy. But it was only really the last two or three weeks that we're starting to see enough data for away or home that what we call a matchup on easy sports data to have some numbers. And we're, we're pretty confident with this team, but they, they're covering the second half. They're covering the second half. And what they've done traditionally, Ottawa, is if they do, they, they're like a, one in nine or some whatever sick number in the second half against the number. And most of those times, they not only stink enough in the second half to lose the second half, they stink enough in the second half to lose the game. That's what we're hoping. The smell that you smell is Ottawa.
0: <laughs> all right.
2: I like it. Hey, Chaz, I got a quick question for you, not to throw your curveball at you or anything, but... with oh, hockey I season, get
1: your field goal! We're up hey. by 13 with two minutes and 14 seconds left.
2: There you go, live on the show, winning the yep. best in cash and cashing tickets all day long. Chaz, I want to ask you, with the hockey season and the NBA season underway, are you betting any one of those, anything you're seeing
1: there? Well, you, actually, Thursday night live, we went in on a first period over... And they took a goal off the board, which I'm used to in soccer. Because in soccer, they had that video review, and it's brutal. I, I, for some reason, the guys, and it doesn't matter whether they're in Serbia, Yugoslavia, London, they know the team I have. And that's <laughs> the goal they take off the board. And they did that. But the, I think it was the Colorado game last night. They came back in the Blues, and they came back and they scored their two goals so I followed Blackhawk West on hockey. Uh, and, and, and John, on our, 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 our team is pretty good. John from GMF Sports Consultants is good with hockey. You know, hockey, for hockey guys, as you know, because there's some hockey guys on Belly Up Sports, they're just big-time hockey fans. Hockey fans are hockey fans.
2: Yeah, no kidding. You talk about the guys on Belly Up Fantasy Sports or, and Belly Up Sports in general. And we, we got a, a big hockey, you know, audience that's starting to follow Belly Up Sports now and a lot of great shows that we're being able to put out lately. So that, that's no joke. So I'm, I don't really talk about this too much, but go to Spreaker or go to one of these places and look for the Belly Up Podcast Network, especially if you're a hockey fan. There's a lot of great shows that we have now uh, for you guys and starting to get some popularity. I, I'm sure now.
1: though. I'm sure as all of those are great because i watch a lot of them. None of them are at eight o'clock on Saturday mornings, Pacific time. <laughs> no, they are not. What do you guys to tomorrow? A with Chris. So I know that. <laughs> what do you got in store for this for the TV, TV days tomorrow? Yeah, correct. You know what? It, it, I, I'm telling you right now, don't get me wrong. When it's your own kids, you know, you're a little more proud. I'll never forget. We were at a party. And my son was struggling in high school. Now, he's very successful now, but he was struggling back in the day in high school. And the one parents were saying how you know their kid got it to Stanford. The other uh, was how, how the kid's going to be starting on the lacrosse team for their senior year. And we were just proud. My kid had found his water pipe. He had left it in the garage. <laughs> and really, isn't that, a, isn't that what life is all about? So, so like all your kids, you're proud of them no matter what they do. This is. This Saturday's to be determined. I, I just feel real good about it. We've got, you know, we've got Mo talking the pros. Now, this is a guy that just recently hit a 10 teamer. Really, you don't hit 10 teamers, guys, accidentally. You know yeah. that. Yeah. The only way you're gonna hit a 10 teamer is you know what the hell you're doing. Uh, and then and then we slide into uh, soccer time with Hector. He he's doing real well, but he's really focused. He's doing USL championship, which is like the minor leagues of, of soccer in America, but one of the teams is here in San Diego, so they're on TV, and guess what? If I got a game on TV and somebody else is telling me who to bet, I'm going to bet it. Uh, then we've, we, of course, we've got the Saturdays in Canada. So on Thursdays, West gives out tonight's game. So the Ottawa bet against Ottawa game, we've been betting against them all year, but he gave out on Thursday's show. You want to hear what he has on Saturday, guess what you got to do tomorrow? Whether it's 11 o'clock in New York or 8 o'clock in California, you got to get up. You gotta you gotta pay attention, and then wake and bake. Well, Chris, you know, do we not have fun on wake and bake or what?
3: They do. I love your show in general. I talk about a lot of different sports that people don't typically think about betting on, and you give them a lot of great inside information on. I think that's what the great thing about To, to Be Determined is—is is it's such a variety of topics, and you know, waking bake is one of the best ways to start your your day.
1: Well, and it really is when you wake up at eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock Saturday morning when we start the show right here in California. Golly gee. You don't know what's ahead of you. You really don't. And it, it really is to be determined. You know, guys, if you get if you get lucky in those early noon games, East Coast, nine o'clock here and you hit a four teamer on the first half and all of a sudden now you're playing with their money and you go on a run, you could change your weekend big time by the time it comes to dinner time Saturday night.
2: Yeah, well, I'm hoping to hit a five uh, team parlay in college football myself but I'm going to kind of need Tulsa to pick up the pace here in the third quarter against Navy. It's 10-10 right now. Tulsa, you need to cover seven and a half. Let, let's, let's go. It is Navy. Yeah, I, I, you
1: know what? We watched that game, and I saw they, they had like a 76-yard run, and the guy ran his ass off to tackle him like at the five, and they didn't get in. And, and as a defensive guy, I've always loved defense. There's nothing better to, than you see a guy that runs his butt off to trip up a guy in, in, in the red zone, and then he saves four points. Don't get me wrong. I had to Tooth. I wanted the touchdown. And my my family just gets so ticked when I root for the other team. But if it's a great play, it's a great play. I'm a football guy before I'm a sports better. I always will be.
2: Yeah, I want the money,
1: Chaz. I don't know about you. I know. you, have, <laughs> you you're on, on, on. You would fit in my family well. You would make fun of me. <laughs> Actually, they get mad at me. They don't even make fun of me. They get mad at me.
2: Speaking of making money, we got the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Jets. Now, this line was minus 10 earlier. It's minus 11 now, but that's still, in my opinion, too low. I am loving the Bengals at minus 11 as one of my big lock bets on the week. What do you think, Chris?
3: Yeah, I looked at that line earlier, and I think it's an interesting line. Um, I do think that you know Cincinnati is definitely a superior team. We saw them blow out the Ravens last week. They should be able to do similar things versus the Jets. I am curious to see how this kind of game unfolds. Uh they kind of played down when they played down to the Lions and it game was a little bit closer than people expected it to be. I'm curious to see if Cincinnati has kind of a letdown game this week. But I think you're right that you look at it just logically, it should be it should be favored by double digits, if not, you know, double two scores.
2: they would have to play really far down to not beat the Jets by eleven with Mike White at the quarterback position. Chaz, what are you seeing?
1: Well, you know what? When when I look at the easy sports data, the easy sheet, it's just Colors, and it's letters. I mean, it really, don't get me wrong. I don't make fun of people because everybody's education is different. You don't know what they struggled through with learning disabilities or whatever. It's colors. It's letters. Come on now. Uh, All the Jets do is lose. That's all they do. And I'm not talking about just lose. They lose against the spread. That's a whole different level of losing.
3: Yeah, they're 0-6 at home versus spread right now. So that is a good point.
2: Loving it, loving it,
1: loving it. How about, score? Going- score? as I mentioned, what, what is it? Eight, eight straight games now. They haven't scored yeah. in the, New England. It was, I think, eight. straight. So it's going on nine straight games. They haven't scored in the first quarter. And, and don't get me wrong. The other team has, it doesn't matter whether they score. They're getting three and a half, four and a half points in a quarter, which is normally a half a point spread. So the other team has to score, but the Jets have been good at letting them score.
2: And the, let them score throughout the entire game uh, while yes, we're at true. it.
1: Tampa Bay was brutal. <laughs> or or no, it, was, it, was a, it was a new one that was a New, new England. New, England, it was England, new England 55, 13.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Every time I looked, they were scoring.
2: By, by a different player, too, at that. Yeah. That's what yeah. was so crazy about it. Uh, I'm looking at the San Francisco Chicago game. This line was minus three and a half earlier in the week, it's now minus four. I still am leaning towards San Francisco as a bet for me. I don't want to call it a lock bet, but I am going to bet on them at the minus four mark. Justin Fields just looks so lost out there. The Bears offense just looks so lost out there. And while San Francisco's had their own problems, for sure, offensively and defensively, the Bears are probably more incompetent than they are. And that's why I expect the San Francisco 49ers to actually cover this game at minus four. Plus, I'll add this in, and Chaz, would be interested to see what your data says on this. The 49ers on the road, they are a much better road team than they are at home. It actually plays in their favor in this matchup when banging the line, too.
1: Well, you, you, you're, there, you're, you're a fan of the team. So I yeah. know that recently we talked about... What I'm a bitter fan, on. but I am a fan. Yeah, well, <laughs> what we talked about on the, the record at home. Remember how bad it was? Oh, by the way, it's a final. Calgary came back in the second half, covered the second half, and covered the game. There you go. I always tell people if you're not betting soccer, you're missing out. If you're not betting Canadian football, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I totally understand. Well, that. Jazz, so because
2: me. of you, I've actually started betting the Premier League, actually a little bit here and there because you're telling me what to look for as far as lock bets, and I got to say, I've hit the last two in a row.
1: Yeah, and and, it, and and it really is an exciting soccer from a just the standpoint of, of you know two to one, one to nil, that kind of thing. But when you're betting on it, and every goal matters. And there's nothing better than when you go live action and then they call a penalty. Penalties in soccer are worse than any other penalties in any other sport because you get to kick the ball right from where they kicked you. So they always they'll kick out their legs and stuff. And if it's in the, the box, you know, they almost never miss those penalties. So you know how uh, last week Chris took Carolina. They got their butts kicked. I took Baltimore, and Dan was the only uh, winner uh, of our parlay in, with his pick. But I hit the first half because Green Bay scored with like 21 seconds left in the first half. And I had a really nice big uh, three-teamer in the, in the first half. So, you know, I, w- I was feeling pretty good about it. And that was because I took it off of my notes. So I got those same notes in front of me. When I get to the San Francisco-Chicago game, where some of the notes are half one, scores this, Game scores that ha- all it says under the San Francisco Chicago game is stinky poo. That's what I wrote. <laughs> stinky poo, p o o o, no p o o. Oh, I didn't man. put an h. P o o stinky poo, and under Pittsburgh Cleveland, I wrote next. So if you're talking about either of those two games, you probably should talk to Chris. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Chris, what news do you have for that San Francisco game?
3: I mean, I'm I do think it's a stinky poo game. I'm with Chaz on this one. I agree with you. I understand. I think the 49ers should win the game. I just have an issue with how close it's going to be. The 49ers struggle to score 20 points this entire season, as have the Bears struggle on offense. It could easily be, in my mind, a 20-17, to 20-23 you know, game. So that's where I think that I wouldn't necessarily bet on the on this game because I think it's going to be 49ers should win, but I think it's not going to be by much, and it could be very close under the 4.5 points.
2: So the reason I have it as a lock or or, or I should say not a lock, but I, I bet that I am betting it on. It. my score came out to be nineteen to thirteen San Francisco, okay so I keep yeah, covering minus four, so they still cover the minus four with an ugly, ugly game, and that's why I'm like, all right, I'm gonna bet on them covering that one. Here's a game I'm not going to bet on, but I just want to see if anybody has a different take on it. Carolina Panthers Atlanta Falcons uh Falcons are minus three favored at home here over under set at forty six and a half. Anybody leaning a particular way in this game?
1: Pick me pick, me, pick me, Ask pick me, pick me. Yeah, so so the data, when you look at the data for this game, it's all blue in the second half. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit around. I'm not going to care what happens in the first half. And in the second half, I'm going to bet the over because, let's see, Carolina, uh, in the half two, they allow a lot of points, and Atlanta allows a lot of points, and both teams allow a lot of points, so... I like overs. You know, I've told you guys this before. It's that whole participation trophy, you know? Yay! Yay! Good play, good play, good play, yay!
2: Okay, cool. So you're going to bet the over in the second half? Yep. Okay. We'll, we'll take that. Guys, I take already that wrote it down. I
1: mean, it's, it's happening. It's not even an opinion anymore. It's written down.
2: There you go. I like I like that. I like that. That's why I always ask the question when these games, they say no contest in the lines. There's always a way to win money, even in some of these tight games. Here's another tight game for you. I think I'm going to bet this game. It's another game. It's kind of like the San Francisco game. I'm not going to call it a lock, but I think I am going to bet this game. It's the Eagles minus three and a half over Detroit Lions. They're a road favorite. I I, I think I'm going to bet the Eagles. Logically, the Eagles should cover against the Detroit Lions. Now, here's the problem. This is why I'm not going to call it a lock. Nick Cerini is such an idiot. It was really funny because I was watching ESPN earlier today and they just had these clips on Nick Cerini of just like some of the random comments he's been saying since he's become the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's just – that dudes he's like Tom Cruise is on another planet starting his own cult and a religion somewhere else. That, that's what he is. <laughs> but I think logically They're players They're players of flowers. Yeah, yes, exactly. some weird stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I planted the soil. I made the soil. You're under the soil. Now you just got to sprout up. To me. I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? He should belongs to an w- episode of Wake and Bake, that's for sure. But I think logically, Eagles minus three and a half does make sense. I am going to bet that game, but I'm not
1: going to call it a lock of the week. Detroit is Detroit, all right? Everybody that, should yeah. technically beat Detroit. However, I will give that kid credit because you know what? He was in a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. And now he's playing for Detroit. He got traded. They switched quarterbacks. And, and very seldom, right, do we see starting quarterbacks traded. That doesn't happen very often. We talked about it actually on, on tomorrow's show and Saturdays in Canada. In the, in the CFL, they just recently had a trade. Two starting quarterbacks got traded. But it was in the middle of the season. With the NFL, occasionally it'll happen, but very seldom. And that was very unusual. So so he, he's played pretty well. But Detroit, you know, it's where players go to lose their careers.
2: Yeah, it's it's rough. They're, look, here's the other thing, though. The are 0-7. So in some way, I guess you could say they're due for a win. This is probably the closest matchup they've had so far this season as far as talent-wise. But again, I think the Eagles minus three and a half. I am betting that game at minus three and a half. Not calling it a lock though. Chris, you are going to bet this either way?
3: I want to agree with you because I think right now this this coaching staff has got to realize there will be an absolute riot in Philadelphia if they lose the Detroit Lions. There's already heat on this franchise as it is. There's already a lot of doubt about what they've been doing, you know, both on both sides of the ball, particularly on the defense has been, you know, just giving up easy throws. If they were to lose Detroit, I think there's going to be heads rolling. So, yeah, I I think there's a good chance the Eagles should win this game. It's just the Eagles are one of those teams that just hasn't played to their potential this entire season, so I am kind of concerned about betting on it.
2: Here's a game for you that I am going to take the underdog to cover. I'm not going to take them outright, so they're not my upset pick this week, but I am going to take them to cover. The Dolphins-Bills line, it's minus 14 for the Buffalo Bills. This is not Jacoby Percet playing quarterback this week, guys. This is not going to go the same way the first game went. I think this will at least will be in 14 points, I believe. So the Dolphins plus 14, I'm going to call that a lock of the
1: week for me. I looked up the weather, too. It's going to be sloppy.
2: Yeah. Not a lot of points are going to be scored. What about you, Chris? I see not on your head Yeah, yet.
3: I think that's an interesting game. I mean, they did get destroyed last time they played. It was 35-0. Um, I, I have... Some concerns, I think the game could be closer, like as you're talking about. Josh Allen really struggled versus this defense last – the first game. had 179 yards passing, so there's opportunity the Dolphins can kind of continue to improve on defense, which hasn't really happened recently. But they're getting better against the run. They have, you know, the players in place to be decent at the secondary, and they need a win this week. So I think they can at least be competitive. Um, I just – Talent wise, right now, how the Dolphins are doing are kind of is embarrassing on both sides of the ball. So I'm kind of wondering if the Deshaun Watson things is kind of looming over this team. Will they quit on their coach or will they put some fight up? I wouldn't want to bet it's because I, I can't, I don't have the answer to that question right now in my head.
1: You, Chaz, are you going plus well, one? There, the there's, a, there's, a, there's a definite data trend there that, that, and I've been doing that. You know, I talked with Mo, and Mo from the Mo Radio Show uh, has been really kicking butt with parlays that involve anytime touchdowns well guys five years ago we wouldn't even have that conversation books did not offer you to bet it was really you had to go to the a big big game and then you got sometimes you got the first player to score but you almost didn't always get an anytime touchdown never mind the fact that you can parlay it so i i look for those kind of opportunities with those weird things and and all of a sudden, the first quarters have really been jumping out at me because they're so consistent. And if you think about it, what do you know about first quarters? Most plays are scripted, right? That's what they always talk right. about. Well, if you stink and you're scripting plays, like, duh. And so uh, where the Jets haven't scored, Buffalo gave up a touchdown last December 7th. It was December 7th, 2020. That was the last time... The Buffalo gave up a first quarter touchdown at home. That's a long time ago. It's quite a few games. So, so, you know, that's something that's going to jump out at me. And I have no where, you know, everybody cares who wins. I don't care who wins. I have no problem betting the first quarter and then moving on with my life.
2: I like it. Here's a game that if I don't say I'm going to bet the over, I will pretty much be a hypocrite because I've been saying it all night long. That's going to be a shootout. You had Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored at home at minus two and a half. I'm not touching who's going to win this game because I think it can go either way as far as that's concerned. But the over under set at 51. Give me the over at 51. I'm expecting a shootout. I'm expecting a 30 to 24 score. I'm actually in favor of the Titans if you wanted to go that route. But 30, 24, 54 points. Give me the over
1: on it. Yeah. I, yeah. I like I, uh, it. I, I, last week the Titans, I was, I scored, they scored it. I, I scored, I didn't do anything. I just bet them, but they scored enough in the first half to go over for the team total for the game. And they never scored again. It was so (laughs) wild. You remember that game? It was like 27 to three. The over was 26 and a half. They got in the first half. So I kind of moved on with my life. And boy, if you needed another half point, you were
3: mad.
2: Chris, you're on board.
3: Yeah, I think that's a
2: good bet. Here's my upset of the week. And I don't know why they're this far down. Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored at minus four and a half with all the injuries that they're dealing with. I know Baker's going to play. I think that actually might be a hindrance more than the help for them right now because of how badly he's been playing since he's gotten the shoulder injury. I know OBJ and Jarvis Landry are expected to play. Again, hindrances because they're so banged up. They're not very good out there. Chubb will be back. Cool. But Pittsburgh's coming off of a bye, and Pittsburgh's still a tough team, especially against their divisional opponents. I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game on the road. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers outright at plus 175 on the money line.
1: Yeah, I mentioned that game earlier. That was uh, right after Stinky Poo. I wrote next. That's the next game. But I did <laughs> spend, I did spend the day today. Uh, We were lucky enough to go out on a boat on San Diego Bay. So I was on a boat most of the afternoon. And one of the guys I was with was a Steeler fan. He was wearing his Steeler cap. And his comment was, yeah, you know what? I just want to get the season over. That was his attitude (laughs) six games in. But you know what? Uh, Remember, that coach has got a long streak of having winning records, right?
3: Especially after the bye.
1: Yeah. So... We'll see what happens um, that that I wouldn't I, because I write next and you guys know how it is just because I write next before the game doesn't mean I don't have action in the game. I would definitely pay attention to that game. Those there's a lot of conferences where the games are good, but that conference, which is what Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland and Baltimore boy, in terms, in terms of quality, have they kicked it up a notch? Holy yeah.
2: cow. Now you get the Bengals are sitting at 5-2. and two. It's the best division in football, hands yep. down. Chris, where are you at in that game?
3: Yeah, that's, a, that's another game. I, I I really don't know what to say. I mean, I agree with you, the Baker points. I think that there's a chance that Cleveland could kind of put a, you know, a, a dud out there, but I also think Pittsburgh hasn't really been that impressive, particularly offensively, to be able to blow anybody out or beat anybody handily. Um, you get Nick Chubb back on Cleveland. Pittsburgh's kind of struggled recently, which is kind of surprising versus the run, but they have been so I think that game could go either way. I'm not really touching that game.
2: I'm going to kick this next one to Chaz immediately because uh, I'm curious to see if there's any data on this game whatsoever. you got the Rams and the Houston Texans. The Rams are road favorites at minus 16 and a half. They, I don't believe they covered against Detroit last week.
1: Chaz, what do you see in that game? At home, in their last five National Football League games. These are uh, National Football League games. Houston has scored 29 points in their last five games. Now, we talk about preschool when it comes to easy sports data. If you're not sure what the numbers are, you don't try to divide 29 by five. You round it up. You say, give them 30 and divide 30 by five. So you're giving them an extra point. But the bottom line is that is six points. A game at home. At home, you're supposed to do better at home, at home than you are. So when I see numbers like that, it, they, they jump off the board at me. Okay, oh, I like it.
3: Okay, I'll give you a game that I was kind of curious. You guys take on that's the Seattle Jacksonville game. I think Seattle is definitely a lock with three and a half points at home. Jacksonville is going to has struggled entire season. What do you got three I and and have three
2: and a half? I got minus four. Not that it's a huge difference. I have four.
3: Um, I'm on Sports Edge
2: okay. On on DraftKings and on my bookie, it is uh, minus 4 right now for Seattle. Not that that's I'll a huge difference. That. Yeah,
3: not that that's a huge difference. Uh,
2: I I actually I think Jacksonville can win this game outright. So I am not going to be betting this game. If it was
3: in Jacksonville, I would agree, I think because it's in Seattle, you're going to see Seattle's going to be able to win this game and I think they're going to dominate them.
2: I think because Geno Smith anything and all things are possible. No, no, anything <laughs>
1: Let me tell you, you're absolutely right, Dan. Because after watching the game the other night, I didn't realize how good Russell Wilson was. I know he has a Super Bowl <laughs> ring and he should have two, and he's a great quarterback. He's done some incredible things. But you know, like they say, when you lost, when you lose a love, you realize what you had. Right? Holy cow! If you're a Seattle fan, it's got to be brutal watching Geno Smith play quarterback. But I will mention in the first quarter at home. They haven't allowed a touchdown. Seattle hasn't in 8 of 8. And that's the other thing. And I'm not sitting there and telling you you should, you know, close out your 401K and bet first quarters. That's not my point. All I'm saying is, guys, if there's an opportunity there to cash a bet and then not care who wins the Seattle game, because Jacksonville and Seattle at the rate they're going, neither of them are going to. I'm not going to see either of those when we do our annual a better way weekend for the AFC-NFC Conference Championship games in Las Vegas. Neither of those teams are going to be on the score sheet that day.
2: I like to close out the show with the primetime matchup, so I want to skip ahead to the Sunday night and the Monday night games. So there's a lot going on with the Dallas Cowboys right now. We don't know if Dak Prescott is going to play. There were some news reports coming out this morning about – Cooper Rush is actually going to be expected to be the quarterback. However, Dak was able to practice in a limited capacity today. So the door is still open for him to play right now. This line is close. It's minus three for Minnesota in Minnesota. I maybe wait to see who the starting quarterback is going to be. Maybe you want to roll the dice early because the second it becomes official Cooper Rush starting quarterback, this line will jump. So I maybe want to get on it now and take that bet. I don't know. But what, do you, what are you guys thinking with Minnesota and Dallas here? The overrunner, by the way, is at 51 and a half. Again, that's something else I think it would be affected if Cooper Rush the starting quarterback rather than Dak Prescott.
3: Chris? Yeah, I think 100% it depends on Dak. Uh, if Dak's out there, I like the over in this game, and I also like the Cowboys in this game. So I think it depends if Dak plays or not. I think that they're a the superior team. The Vikings have struggled at home, particularly offensively. They're better actually on the road, particularly Kirk Cousins. I think Dallas has got the, you know, the recipe to beat them. They have a good running game, a good offensive line, and dak can throw three touchdown passes in the past four ge- three games, I should say. So I think as long as Dak's out there, Dallas should be able to win. And then I, I like the overall the game. If not, then I think all bets are off.
1: Yeah, we we talked about this with one of my shows where, you know, uh, there. Oh, it was Sloppy, my buddy Sloppy, who's a he's, he was on our show from day one when we were on the radio, and he was he was a Seattle fan. Well, the bottom line is. It really is a, a, amazing to see how many franchises there are in the NFL and how few starting quarterbacks there are, right? There's 32 yeah. teams. What do you got? 13, maybe quarterbacks? that
2: are really good, yeah.
1: Oh, man. Probably. So you Probably. lose your starting quarterback all bets are off, but who's got the best record against the spread this year in uh, the National Football League? And who's five and one over? So if you bet every single game, the boys and over this year, you're five and one. Five and one's pretty good. Five and one on two teamers is even better.
2: And I'll throw this one in there too. It is Kirk Cousins in prime time, which is always a disaster one way or another. And we'll go to the Monday night football game. Kansas City Chiefs minus nine over under set at 52. Sounds like the Giants. I'm not I'm staying away from the over. If anything, I might bet the under. Um, I usually don't like to do that with the Kansas City Chiefs though, but it sounds like they're not going to have Barkley. I don't think they're going to have Galladay. They might have Tony and Sterling Shepard. So they might be getting those guys back. But Kansas City has been very self-inflicted, especially over the past couple of weeks, especially last week in particular, but the past couple of weeks, they've been very self-inflicted. And Chaz, I know you always like to say bet against the Chiefs and the line. I kind of tend to agree with you with the Giants at plus nine. I'd, with the, Chiefs, with the way the cheese are playing, I don't know if I feel confident about them covering this one.
1: Well, I was in the store the other day, the grocery store, and I don't know if you guys have ever gone grocery shopping, but they have these magazines that you check out, right? And one of them had Mahomes on the cover, and it said he sold his soul to Satan. And that's what he got those first two or three years, because he got it well, didn't he? Yes. But no, in, the, in their last seven at home, their own seven against the spread, their last 15 overall, they're 3-12 and 12 against the spread. Yeah, we talked about them all the time. We got one of the guys on our show, John, from GMF Sports Consultant. He would be in the very top five in the circuit contest after week six or seven, whatever, if he never bet the Chiefs because every time he bet them, they lost. And before they lost to Dallas, we had talked about this on one of the shows too. It was sneaky that the Giants were 11-2 against the spread on the road. Now, most of that is because they're getting a lot of points, and it's the NFL. We How many times, guys, have we talked about it? It's just too many points. Take the points. Yeah. Chris?
3: Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, everything in my mind screams the Chiefs will win 37 to win 37-16 to in this game, but then <laughs> after watching the debacle last week versus the Titans' defense and watching me being so wrong about the Carolina Giants <laughs> game, I can't, I can't be so confident in what should happen versus what will happen.
1: Well, and that that is why... There's a guy behind the window taking your money and giving you a piece of paper. <laughs> it's what it's right. Are you right or not? And sometimes, boy, are we wrong, huh?
2: All right, let's cap this thing off with our lock parlay of the week. Chris, are you ready to go?
3: Yes. Go ahead. My lock bet is the Seattle bet. I'm betting on the Seattle was easy for four points. Um, yes. I think that's a guarantee Seattle's going to win at home versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville hasn't won in this country yet.
1: The season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one.
2: That was a good one. However, Chaz, I, you,
1: do you have I yours? See the, the guy, do you see the guy that was dressed as Urban Meyer with the blow up doll? That's no, that oh, yes. awesome, yes, was awesome. Yes,
2: that was, that was he, he, tremendous. He was
1: my bet. I would bet him. <laughs>
2: Chaz, what do you got?
1: I'm going over in that Tennessee in the end again.
2: Okay. Over in Tennessee. I like it. I like it. I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals at minus 11 over the New York Jets as my lock bet of the week.
1: Love it. Love it. We're cashing that over Tennessee. I may may go out tomorrow, Saturday, the day before that parlay goes in and bet it. I mean, and 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 spend the money. I may spend the money ahead of time. (laughs) That's how confident I am.
2: I love it. I love it. Yes, we got the overall Tennessee Colts game. We got the Cincinnati Bengals covering at minus 11. We got the Seahawks covering at minus four as our lock parlay of the week. Guys, thanks for joining the MD's DFS. And lock bets of the week episode for the MD's DFS or the MD's fantasy football show. Make sure you subscribe to us and follow us along on social media at BaileyUpMDFF Show. Make sure you hit the link for the free contest this week. We'll be posting that out throughout the weekend. Remember, you can win a free week of Easy Sports betting data and get your name in the raffle for the championship football from footballs.com. I'm Dan Mayer joined Chris Dowhower and Chaz, as you always like to say. Yeah, always be cashing, man. Always be cashing. We'll see you guys.